Happy Monday. How we living, good people? Welcome into the show. So happy to have you along for the ride for the next three hours and a ton of stuff to get to. Mike Vrabel, oh, still in quarantine. <laughs> Not thrilled with the proceedings happening on the field on Saturday and remaining at home. Maybe he will have a uh, maybe he will have a little bit of a diff- different approach today, given how sassy he was over the computer screen yesterday. You'll hear from him at ten thirty. Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel will be here at twelve twenty because it's game week for the University of Tennessee. Very exciting stuff. Preseason concluded. The only thing in front of us is regular season college and professional football. Rejoice. I rebuke the preseason in the name of Jesus. That's all I have to say. I don't think I could say it better. I don't think Caleb Farley could say it better. Maybe he could. You never know. 615-737-1045 is how you get involved this morning. If you so choose, 615-737-1045. But I want to start, before we get into the Titans, because they made some roster cuts yesterday. One in particular, I think, caught people. And I don't want to say surprise, because... I mean, who are we to say what's surprising and what's not other than, you know, spending every day of practice and then observing what we can observe on the field in the in the facility? It's probably not considered as big a surprise as everybody else makes it out to be. So we'll talk about those and with roster cuts looming tomorrow at 3 p.m. when they will get down to the 53 man roster, you see teams across the league doing it. We'll talk about like guys on the fringe who it seems may have a better chance whether it be by their efforts on Saturday against the Bears or because of the guys that still remain on the COVID list. There's eight players now and three coaches, including Mike Vrabel, that are in the protocol. And with less than two weeks, let's say 13 days, until game one of the regular season at Nissan Stadium against the Arizona Arizona Cardinals, at least you have a little more runway to get some of these guys back, get them acclimated, Make sure they're not dealing with any lingering issues. And then roll this thing out against the Cardinals in week one. But we have plenty of time to do all that. I want to start with what happened last night. How many of you paid to watch Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley? How many of you? It's okay. You can be honest. I will not think any differently of you. Lucas, good morning, by the way. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm better than you are because I did not have to experience whatever that was that you experienced last night. Okay, well, I mean, it sucked. The fight sucked. (laughs) Shocking to nobody. And I did pay for the fight. But because of what we do for a living, that expense, um, you know, that'll come off on my, when I I do my taxes. Like, I don't got to worry about that stuff. So it's not that big a loss for me. It's like my cable package. If it's a tax write-off for me, why not do it? Even if it stinks (laughs) as a product. Because it's just mental poison. What do you mean? Oh, okay, so like I think this is a legitimate argument to have because I felt the same way. I have been it's as it's as an old as old a person opinion as of a as I've had that I detest what boxing has become. Even as I was no great fan of boxing, you know, we miss the golden age for like the old school sports, right? Horse racing, boxing, things like this that have so so much history with them. Certainly in American culture, but like the prime was, I mean, when's the last time you cared about, legitimately cared about a boxing match? Oh, I, 
I don't know if I can pinpoint one. Right? I mean, yeah, I mean I'm, the McGregor, the McGregor Mayweather. I was invested in. Okay, that. but this was the first mutation. You're talking about like Delta variants and stuff like that. This that was the original COVID nineteen, the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. No, and, you can't compare that to the Paul brothers. You can't. I can. Why no, can't I? Because McGregor is a fighter, not a YouTuber. Okay, well that's what I'm saying. Like that's the original virus. What I watched last night is the Delta variant. Oh. <laughs> it's it's a mutation, right? It's the next evolution. So for all of all of the and but plenty, so many people bought this fight. It's, yeah. So we're we're on the opposite side of this. So I'm sitting here having to reevaluate my opinion. I'm sitting here because I I went I went to work out this morning and the first thing that was said to me. As I'm walking out is, hey, did you watch the fight last oh, night? God. I was like, no, I'm, I, you know, I mean, I, I did because I'm going to talk about it. And he goes, and the, like, I got a full breakdown of the fight this morning. And I'm like, people are legitimately consuming this and like talking about it as they would a football game after an NFL Sunday. What the hell am I missing? I think this is just a generational thing because people are flocking to it. Jake and, and Logan Paul clearly have an audience as YouTubers and then fighters second. We should have stopped them at Vine. It's way too late. Bring back Vine, by the way. Like I know that's basically what TikTok is, but Vine Vine was a Vine was a godsend during boring college lectures in college. Uh I don't know why I said college twice there, but you know what I mean. Vine, bring back Vine, the original TikTok. But now we're talking about mutations of of Mayweather McGregor. No, I think the last boxing match that I cared about uh, was, oh, my God, I'm blanking on their name. Who's the dude who used to play wide receiver for Alabama? Like, this is the problem with boxing. I don't know. Deontay who, Wilder. Not Deontay Wilder versus uh, the giant the giant uh, British dude. Tyson Fury. Yeah. See? This is how we're talking about, like, the best <laughs> boxing match in, in the last, like, five years. Well, and someone in the chat said Money Mayweather against Pacquiao. I remember that one was huge when it happened. I don't know. What was that, like 2013? Uh, yeah, I was still in college. That No, that was it was more recent than 2013. I think, it was, I think it was like 2014 because I remember all of my roommates. I think we were either juniors or seniors. I think we were seniors, so it would have been 2014. Uh, we, all, we all, you know, gathered together. We got a bunch of people together, and we watched the fight at our apartment. And that 15, 15. Okay, so 2015, but still the year, it was still my senior year of college. That's because I graduated in the spring of 15. So, okay. Um, that my, fight sucked. That was, it wasn't a good fight because, they, you know, these guys, but those guys actually understand the art of boxing. Like, for as much as you hate Floyd Mayweather, and I think a lot of people hate Floyd Mayweather, Floyd perfected this art to where Floyd, Floyd walked so Jake Paul and Logan Paul could run. You know what I'm saying? So we put this on a poll on Twitter. At Buck Rising is where you can vote on all the polls. There are a great variety of them today. They are all, you know, they're very ADD today. But there was a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend. This first one, though, I felt is how we or where we had to start. Who, who is the best in sports? Or maybe just in general, because Kanye is up here. Kanye is up here, too. Who is the, uh, who is the best at legal bank robbery? Legalized bank robbery, because uh, that's what last night was. That's what all of these things are. Your options are Floyd, May Floyd Mayweather, Kanye West, who put out his album yesterday, after like months and months of pre-promotion and basically a stadium tour for an album that hasn't been re released yet. They're printing money off this thing, then it comes out 27, 27 tracks yesterday, and I'm just like, eh. 
Legalize bank robbery. Floyd Mayweather, Kanye West, the Paul brothers, or Jadavion Clowney just to be a jerk. As <laughs> I think I think Clowney deserves a little bit of scheme scheme ask all-star recognition. 615-737-1045 is how you get involved over the course of this show. Who is the best at legalized bank robbery? Because Floyd Mayweather, in his last having having to do with one of these last Paul Brothers fights, Floyd Mayweather, who put together the blueprint for all of this stuff for these circus freak shows that we're now calling boxing matches, he is telling you openly and honestly that it's him who is the best at legalized bank robbery. Who's really the smartest one in the sport of boxing? <laughs> and y'all getting mad, y'all, y'all getting upset? Y'all getting upset? And guess what? I'm not going to no boxing sites because all they do, I get the hate on both sides. If you don't like me, don't write about me. If you don't, if you guys don't want to see me do no exhibitions, don't come. Don't watch. I, I come on record and tell y'all. When it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. <laughs> I changed my name from Pretty Boy Floyd. When I changed it to Money Mayweather, I started making money. You got to speak things to an existence. Floyd's being honest with you there. He's saying, I'm the best at legalized bank robbery. It's you idiots are the dumb ones. You can complain about it all you want. You're still paying me for it. No, he's absolutely right. Right? Yeah, so, there's no lies there. Okay, so he knows it. We know it. But people are still paying for it. So what are we missing here? Because, like, this stuff legitimately attracts an audience. I don't know what the – I don't know how they – how Showtime necessarily does – like the ratings on this, I'm sure the pay-per-view numbers will come out after the fact. But like, and by the way, Jake Paul winning over Tyron Woodley, what do you expect? He's he's fighting people who aren't boxers. That's what's the most ridiculous thing about it. It's not that a YouTuber is putting on this show or has this kind of following or has a, you know, how much was the chain that he had made of Conor McGregor slumped over in a pile of himself? It's like $25,000 diamond chain of Conor McGregor slumped down in the octagon after he after he broke his leg or ankle or whatever happened to Conor the last time that he fought. But, it, it, I mean, in Cleveland last night, where they held this fight at the, what is it, the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse now? I don't know. They change the, the names on these arenas every, every two years, it feels like. But, I mean, the fight was convincing only because Jake Paul was fighting a dude that's not a boxer. Tyron Woodley is an MMA fighter not specializing in boxing. So at some point, Jake Paul, who is currently 4-0, may actually have to fight a boxer. Or maybe he doesn't because he keeps printing money this way and we keep handing it to him by the fistful. Who is the best at legal bank robbery? Floyd Mayweather, Kanye West, the Paul brothers, or Jadavion Clowney just for, you know, bleeps and gigs. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened Saturday at Nissan Stadium. Surprising roster cuts that have been made. And Mike Vrabel will speak to the media at 1030. Stick right here. It's 104.5 The Zone. Woodside throws the fade. Left side for Batson. Touchdown! (laughs) Yes! Go ahead and stack that line, Bears. Touchdown. Cameron Batson. That is, of course, the great Mike Keith, and I don't know if he's greater or equally great. Coach Dave McGinnis 
shaking a fist. I just picture him in the press box shaking a fist at the Chicago Bears, of whom he you know, was a part of the staff for a, for a long time and was the head coach, as he likes to say, for six hours and knew about it for three. Coach Mack, and, Coach Mack is, a, is on a revenge tour, it feels like. Matt Barkley, now in the fold, playing the Chicago Bears' final preseason, and they open up against the Cardinals. He calls them the Birdnals because of how he was un, well, he wasn't unceremoniously fired, but he was fired, so. You know, Coach Mack, I appreciate that Coach Mack holds a grudge. He's just like us. 615-737-1045 is how you jump in. That, of course, the call of Cam Batson, uh, the touchdown pass from Logan Woodside to Cam Batson, a goal line fade to a receiver that's five foot eight inches. Why are we doing that? That, But that's uh, Cam Batson, that's not the first time he's caught a goal line fade as a tiny receiver. It makes no sense to me. But he... And there were there were a number of good performances. There was a lot of bad out of the game, out of that game. Like the two interceptions that both quarterbacks threw, ghastly. The uh, the defense obviously did not look as it has in the first two games. The execution was below average. We'll say. I don't know if it was quite poor because they did end up making it a bit of a game. But they, I mean, the way Nick Foles went seven for seven on a touchdown he drive. Tore up the threes, man. Down the hey, field. He, he told us. I started, started getting. He, he warned us. Oh, that's right. He did hey, say I that. I thought he was slinging it with the threes. Can, we, can we find that clip? I want to I wanna hear Nick Foles just just chest puffed out, thinking about his, uh, his former Super Bowl. Isn't he a Super Bowl MVP? Uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback at the very li- late, uh, least. And out there dicing up the threes, as he was as he was saying when there was discussion of him potentially, or you know, discussion of the idea of trading him to the Colts, given that he's the third quarterback on the Bears roster, and at the time Carson Wentz was struggling with injury, and of course we all know the connections between former Eagles players and the Colts coaching staff. But yes, that made me laugh out loud at a press conference when Nick Foles is talking about I'm just out here. Just out here chopping it up with the threes, slinging it with the threes. Outstanding. So Mike Vrabel's going to speak to the media here in about eight minutes. We will carry his press conference live. He remains in quarantine. Now, as we discussed earlier in the show, that there are currently 11 people associated with the Tennessee Titans from a coaching and player standpoint that are in the protocol. Ben Jones, starting center, the latest to go on the list yesterday now in making that transaction there were some some releases maybe some surprise you maybe some don't probably the biggest name on there is the outside linebacker slash defensive end john simon clinton gathers a safety uh db nate brooks linebacker cash how are we saying it maluia is that how we're saying it lucas is that what we decided on yes okay very good and then, on the team for maybe a week. Sure. And then I'm just going to call this D lineman that they cut freedom because I'm not even I'm not even going near that last name. I can Muladun. Okay. That. And I, I say that respectfully because <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just absolutely butcher it and uh and make, you know, more of a fool of myself than I usually do. But anyway, so John Simon gets cut. You figure that he would have been one of the players that would have played a uh played a factor, played a role in this outside linebacker rotation. I don't know that he's outright versatile, but clearly, if that is being done, then they see him on this roster as a redundancy. Remember, only three active outside linebackers on game day has been the Titans' MO, at least in the last calendar year, calendar season, however you want to call it. 
So whatever they're seeing in John Simon, they're seeing from somebody else, whether that be Rashad Weaver, who can do a multiple or, or who can do a variety of different things, whether they're saying, okay, Ola Adeni may be a special teams player first and foremost, but he can give us a little bit off the edge because he's shown that ability to do so. And this is great news for somebody like Derek Roberson, who, you know, he, he speaks in short bursts, so you're going to hear him uh, answer a variety of questions in just a second. But when last we spoke to Derek Roberson, and when last we spoke to his outside linebackers coach, Ryan Crow, the the line that was given to us was, well, he's come in with the best mindset that he's had. He's come in in the best shape. This has been his best camp so far. Now, on principle, and maybe I should readjust my thinking on this, but on principle, when you hear stuff like that, you're like, okay, they're kind of reaching for things to say about this guy, whereas the other people, whereas the other players we're talking about technique, we're talking about things that they need to improve, and all we're getting on Roberson is, yeah, he's had his best camp so far. But, you know, maybe maybe it's not always reading between the lines because Derek Roberson remains on this roster, and John Simon is not. So when we talked to Derek Roberson, this was probably two weeks ago, we asked him a couple of questions about, you know, where he found himself on this roster and what he's been working on. And this is what Derek Roberson had to say. Okay, we'll go to Derek Roberson here in just a little bit. It's in your email, Lucas. <laughs> I, 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 wish, I wish that you would just say that stuff on air instead of in my ear because so people can see how the radio show works behind the scenes. It's all right. I forgive you. But Derek Roberson basically... I would have had him on the outs. You know, not that I'm doing a ton of 53-man roster projections because I find that to be a bit of a futile exercise, even though it's good content and everybody likes to read them, including Mike Vrabel, by the way, who you'll hear from in four minutes. But more than anything, I I look at that and say, okay, there's probably going to be some, maybe they're not necessarily surprises to the coaching staff. Maybe they're not necessarily surprises to the players. But I do think that there's the opportunity for, say, a Cam Batson to play himself onto this roster. Now, I do think if we're talking redundancies, that Cam Batson's best fit is in the slot first and foremost, and that Chester Rogers is in all likelihood, if Josh Reynolds isn't right, Chester Rogers is more often than not going to be your slot receiver for the Titans. So that eliminates somebody like Mason Kinsey. It eliminates somebody like Cam Batson. But damn if he's not trying to make this team. Uh, Mason Kinsey is another one that's come up a good bit. He's become a bit of a fan favorite, fan favorite. Him and Makai Sargent, it seems like the uh, the social media world is leading that charge. But Sargent, I think, if if they made the roster cuts today, and they won't, they'll make the roster cuts, so the final roster will be done at 3 p.m. Central Time tomorrow. I think Makai Sargent makes this team. It may not necessarily be just because he's given great effort. He clearly enjoys the game of football. The coaches are having to back him off a little bit during practice because he goes too hard by Mike Vrabel's own admission. So, Makai Sargent, there's no Darrington Evans still. There's no Jeremy McNichols. Remember, he remains one of the eight players on the COVID-19 list. We'll see if anybody comes off today. And then you would have said, well, Brian Hill, the, the running back that they signed out of Atlanta last year. Brian Hill, who hasn't really done much in the preseason and, and frankly hasn't done much to, to distinguish himself from the other guys in camp. Well, you turn around and Brian Hill's averaging damn near five yards a carry on Saturday. Makai Sargent was averaging three, but then you, you see the transaction yesterday. Well, they placed Brian Hill on IR. So they're just running out of running backs at this point. 
And whether they keep three, being Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans, and Kari Blossengame, who had a fantastic performance on Saturday against the Bears. He caught a screen pass for 50 yards. He looked like he was still playing tailback at Vandy not so many years ago. So they could get creative with the math if you're doing something like, say, keeping seven wide receivers. Well, if you need to take from any position, maybe you're comfortable enough doing it at running back to where you'll keep two and a fullback and call it done. But if you don't, if you do what they've normally done in the past, which is keep three backs and a fullback, then Makai Sargent probably makes this team. I don't know how useful he will be once it's against starting NFL defensive linemen and linebackers because he does not look overwhelmingly great as an undrafted rookie free agent. Doesn't look overwhelmingly great right now. But you do love his story. The best story doesn't always make for the best football player, though. You have to keep that in mind. The same for Mason Kinsey. The same for Cam Batson. But again, this COVID list, this COVID list creates, for lack of a better term, it may work to the Titans' favor and to teams' favor if you're trying to protect, say, a a Racy McMath who's on the COVID list. Maybe he doesn't clear protocol by the time the roster cuts come down. So maybe that's your way from getting him through waivers and onto your practice squad once he returns from the protocol. The... Most interesting places that they're going to have to do the math at or make the math work for them so that they can get the best 46 football players active on game day, it's going to come at wide receiver. It's going to come at defensive line, I think. And running back is going to be a bit of a fascination given how the players there, I mean, they're just running out of bodies, frankly. And whether they think Makai Sargent is worth it over a player to another position that they can make sure it works, is another thing entirely. Now, Mike Vrabel's press conference is getting ready to begin on Zoom. The head coach remains in quarantine, so we will go to that, and I'm sure Teresa Walker will ask him the first question out of the gate, whether he's had a negative test, and I'm sure Mike will be uh, Mike will be anxious and happy to answer in due time. Now, we, we asked him basically, you know, what's the timeline for you to return? Because he's almost clear of these 10 days outside of the two negative back-to-back tests, and at this point, He basically told us, yeah, when they say I can come back, I can come back outside of the 10 days. But in his absence on Saturday, John Stryker, his assistant, Coach Stretch, as he's been called. Stretch, I thought, thought held things pretty well together, given that he was in charge with the most in-game decisions. You you basically had a co-piloting situation with Craig Aukram and the special teams coach who literally just returned from the COVID protocol, and of course, stretch as well. 615-737-1045 is the number if you want to react to anything that you saw on Saturday. Who's a fringe player that you think needs to make this roster? If you're putting your 53-man roster together today, which player, like a Makai Sargent, like a Cam Batson, like a uh, like a, an Ola Adenyi or Derek Roberson, who has to make the cut for you? Because I think there's a couple of different options that you can look at and say, you know, these guys have put in the time, they've put in the effort to make this thing work. And ultimately, ultimately, whether the numbers just don't make sense or they're in the wrong camp for their position, there are some dudes that are probably going to surprise both the media. Because, listen, we don't, we, as much as we like to think that we know everything, we don't. And I think we're pretty transparent around about that here on the show. But... 
guys that will surprise you that they made it through. Nick Westbrook-Akina was a classic example of this last year and found ways to improve upon his body of work. He was, I mean, he was, for lack of a better term, and it may seem cruel, but he was a bit of a joke during training camp last year in the way that he simply could not manage to catch the football. My buddy Teron Davenport, who covers this team for ESPN.com, would say that he hand fights with the football. It's like a boxing match. And since then, all he has done is made plays on special teams. All he has done is improve upon his ability as a wide receiver so that he can play in this offense. Buckshot Terry, or Buckshot Carey, who I think Carey has changed his name to Buckshot since that's uh, that's what a lot of people are calling themselves. The J. Martin Ramon have the fam. I don't know how I feel about Buckshot. It makes me... Uh, Makes me sound makes us sound like uh, you know we're we're like hunting big game or something like that. Actually, I have no idea what buckshot is. You can cl- tell I've clearly never hunted in my life. But anyway, uh, Tehran talking about Nick Westbrook Akina last year, and Nick we- Nick Westbrook Akina makes the active roster, and literally all of us in the media room are just looking around like the hell. What what are they seeing that we don't? And obviously, the answer is a lot more because he's not just on the practice field. He's in meeting rooms. You you understand that he does have potential. Uh, but Kerry on YouTube, and you can interact with the show on Zone TV or via the phones. Zone TV on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, or Twitch if you want to basically hang out in studio with us. He says you have to keep Batson. Kerry does on YouTube. I don't know that you have to. Again, redundancies on the roster. John Simon, what he brought to this team they consider a redundancy. So how can you spread yourself across, whether it's multiple positions or a player who can give you just a just a hair more versatility? Can John, can John Simon play just defense, or can he help you on special teams as well? That's what they have to consider with the third, fourth, or you know even fifth, if they keep five, outside linebacker. That's not something clearly that they think he is capable of or physically able to do heading into his ninth year in the league. Mike Vrabel, I I, I guess, has Vrabel's press conference still not started, Lucas? I think we're awaiting that right now. So we'll see. uh, We'll see. Okay, so apparently he is approaching the, the virtual podium now, and so we will go live to Mike Vrabel's press conference. No report comes out. Uh, Jim? Like how how soon would you like to make a decision at right tackle, and what have you seen, you know, from the competition at that position up to this point? Um, you know, there's been some moving parts there, Jim. I think that uh, you know we have some time, and I think that it's uh, still a competition. You know, we we want to try to find the the best guy uh, to play over there. Uh, Ty's been working his way back quiz has been you know in there consistently and then and then Kendall you know just has been you know obviously working his way back in just recently so you know I think that that's probably going to go a little bit longer um and and we'll make sure that they're all given the opportunity and also you know figuring out what's going to be best you know for for the rotation uh for the season and then where the other pieces fall Trump yeah, Coach, for, for the third down defense, right, uh, talking to some of the players, they, they mentioned urgency, they mentioned confidence, and also uh, they mentioned just competing. What 
do those words mean for you and how, how do they relate to your improvements on third down defense? Oh man, I think that's, those are all great, you know, qualities and character, char characteristics to have uh, when you're trying to get off the field or, you know, doing a lot of things, those would be all great things to, to have um, and to try to do, you know, it's, um, you know, but it's about trying to, you know, play, play better when, when you have them in second and long and keeping them there, you know, you can see the, the impact that it had on us the other night on third and 11, um, you know, trying to move the ball down the field, pass rusher gets a piece of, of Logan's arm and the ball flutters up in the air and it's returned for a touchdown. So, you know, and then obviously you guys can see, and we all can see the types of plays that are you know, when you're in the third and short, you know, teams can run the ball, they're, they're quick passing and they bunch you up and, you know, try to pick you and rub you. And so there, there's a, all those things that, that come into play. So obviously um, there's a mentality to it, but, but hopefully, you know, putting them in some of those longer yardage situations and then executing uh, would, would be, um, would be ideal. Uh, John Gunner. Hey, Mike. Um, any uh, any coaches or players that will be returning from COVID protocol for for today's practice? Not that I'm aware of. Thank you, uh, Terry. Mike, with the release of uh, John Simon yesterday, is that kind of a a sign that some of the younger guys like uh, Rashad Weaver and Ola and Roberson are uh, ready for those depth roles and to uh, step into some playing time? I think that's just a sign that, uh, you know, we're making roster cuts and, you know, hopefully we can, you know, continue to have a relationship with John. Um, I've got a lot of history with John and uh, as a person and as a player, I think very highly of him. Um, you know, so, you know, hopefully, um, you know, we, we could, you know, potentially find a, a way to, to bring him back, uh, you know, as we work our way through this process, you know, that that's something that could happen. Um, as far as those other guys, you know, they, they have, um, you know, been working in special teams, have improved and, but again, it's just very early on in this process of the roster construction. Uh, Jared Stone. Yeah, Mike, the NFL top 100 had Derek as the fourth player voted on by the players. And I just kind of wonder what you make of Derek's ascension in the league amongst other players. When you took over as coach, he hadn't been a starting running back before and, and really took some time before he became a great player. So what do you make of kind of the patience that Derek has had and what he's been through to be viewed by his peers as one of the top four players in the game? Uh, you know, most everybody that comes into the National Football League uh, is very successful, you know, at the college level. There's always outliers. You know, I'm not going to try to debate that. But obviously, Derek was a very, very successful uh, player in high school and college at a big time program. And then, you know, you come in, you play behind a player, you kind of figuring things out, new offense, new scheme. Uh, and to his credit, you know, only continue to work harder and improve, um, 
and, and help lead our football team. So got a lot of respect for, for Derek and, and kind of, you know, it probably wasn't, um, you know, the, the, the best or the start that he had envisioned to his career. Um, but I think it's a great example of you know, just, you know, just not being patient. I don't want to use patience, the right word, um, but just sticking with it and uh, continuing to, to compete, to improve and, uh, and, and be very, you know, durable and very productive, you know, thus far in his career. What has Sal told you about uh, when you're going to be back out there? Uh, just continuing to work my way through the protocols. But there's a day, Mike. What's what's the tenth day uh, or the eleventh day? Uh, again, it's not today. So I'm going to focus on today. Uh, had a great team meeting this morning. Um, guys will be you know meeting, lifting, trying to make the corrections from the games that we feel are, are pretty critical considering we didn't play the game, you know, the way that we, we would need to, to win or be competitive, um, you know, and then have a great practice. And then we'll, we'll see where, where things are at, you know, after today. Uh, Buck. Yeah, Mike, when uh, you were talking about the tackle situation, you didn't bring up Dylan it is, how has he handled playing both guard and tackle? And does he look more comfortable at one of the, one over the other, understanding he's probably going to have to play both. Yeah, no, I'm mean, at just, you know, I think where that competition is, it's going to probably fall on one of those three guys, and Dylan's going to continue to work and um, have to get better. And, and he has. There's been, you know, improvement since since training camp and each game. And, you know, it, but it's there's a lot of things that go into that. And, you know, playing a guard and playing a tackle, having that ability to do both of those can be a real positive one and you know where we're where guys are each week where we need him to be uh it would be nice that he can play multiple positions steve Lamb. mike as you go through this week and you have to do roster cutdowns the, the fact i know it's probably not ever a, a real comfortable position as a head coach to tell people those sort of things, but is it at all made harder by the fact that you're at home in your living room right now? Does that make those conversations more difficult? You know, I mean, I haven't had any of those conversations from Zoom. I don't know that that's necessarily the way that we would want to do business. Um, I, I follow up with the guys, you know, John's handled the few that we've had already. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I mean, there is a certain you know, I think sincerity and empathy that you have, you know, for these guys that that come in, that that compete for us, that work for us, work with us, and then you know, you um, you know, you got to make you got to make some decisions. You know, I mean, it's ever, not everybody makes it, and you know, but uh, you know, I feel like we've always tried to respect each and every player, uh, try to communicate with them. Uh, as to what we saw and, and the things that we think when we're trying to build the roster. And then as far as, you know, some of those guys, you know, may, may be back with us in the practice squad. Uh, John Glenn. Mike, um, any idea what to, what you expect from uh, Julio in practice this week, whether it'll be similar to last week or, or he'll be able to ramp things up a little bit. 
Uh, yeah, we're, we're hoping that things continue to um, trend towards, you know, where they would be for the regular season, you know, but we'll see that we'll, we'll continue to, to try to have a, a plan to get him ready uh, as well as everybody else as we move forward. These, these four days will be important for us. You know, there'll be a lot of different things that get covered uh, over the course of the next four days uh, between, you know, our improvement, our, our focus on Arizona, um, our, um, you know, our ability to handle situations will, will be something that we'll look at this week as well. So there'll be a lot that we have to, to do, and I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, you know, we'll handle that well. Uh, Jim? I guess, Mike, the timing of cuts this year is different than years past. Uh, what kind of challenges it present you to, you know, get practice schedules worked out, maybe not knowing who's going to be out there certain days and then not knowing what your practice squad is going to look like until the middle of, uh, middle of one of those practice days? Well, everybody's got to be released by, uh, you know, tomorrow. You know, those players that were – you know, we're moving on from, and then, you know, Wednesday at 11 or 12 o'clock, we'll be able to start to add some practice squad players. Um, you know, so today we'll, we'll focus on, you know, the guys that we have available, you know, to try to get some work in and then uh, we'll, we'll do the same thing. And, and, and again, continue to communicate with the coaches, whether that's because of, uh, you know, subtractions from our roster or, you know, injuries that guys aren't practicing each and every day. I feel like there's a good, very good communication uh, system set up between Todd and John, myself, you know, stretch the coordinators, you know, so we, we try to stay on top of that each and every day and morning. And sometimes those things change, you know, and they're pretty, uh, we have to stay pretty, uh, you know, fluid and be willing to adjust, Jim. Uh, Terry? Mike, uh, I know you didn't play a lot of starters in the preseason finale the other night, but uh, Taylor was one that got in there, first action he'd had really since the ACL injury. How important was that for him from that, I guess, the state of mind to be able to go back out there and, and practice, play in a game before the regular season starts and test that injury? I mean, I think that'd be something that you should ask Taylor because, you know, whether I think it's important or whether the, you know, the, the coaches or the trainers, you know, that that's, that's on the individual player. I mean, I, I, I thought it was important enough that he play in the game uh, to, to be out there to, before the regular season. You know, so those are all things that we think are important. Uh, Jim. Well, I got no roster cuts difficult every year. I mean, is, is it, do you feel like this is one of your tougher decisions because of the competition on the roster and, and what, what positions maybe are your toughest choice is going to come at? I mean, Jim, those things are always, uh, always tough. And, and there's been a lot of great competition. You know, I'm not going to review, you know, the roster right now. We're continuing to, to work our way through that, you know, whether they're, they're all hard. They're all tough cuts. You know, when you have to tell guys that, you know, they, they're not going to be on the 53-man roster, they're all hard. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at there. 
All right, I think that may be it other than the chatter and the, the chat at the moment. Um, thank you, Coach. The opportunity, this is a light day. You guys don't have much. You won't say anything. Everybody, that was for everybody else, not Paul. <laughs> have a great day, guys. Thanks. Ask better Thanks, questions. Bye, Mike. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, finish strong. It's always, <laughs> always good. I mean, all right, let's go to break. We'll react to what Mike Vrabel had to say or didn't say coming up next. Winners and losers from the football weekend as well. If you want to weigh in, 615-737-1045. I'm Buck Rising. This is 1045 The Zone. Oh, not a terrible. Well, fiery at the end for Mike Vrabel. I'm telling you, man, if, if there is one thing that I need more than anything else in the world, I need that man out of quarantine because the Zoom press conferences, listen, he said it was a light day. He said we need to ask better questions. I love him to death for that because it's hilarious anytime he does that. I understand why people are going, why people think that it's, it's redundant for us to be asking questions about when he's coming off of the COVID protocol, but it's basically... For a coach who never answers injury questions, we're basically asking him when he's when he himself is coming off the injury report. Day to day, it's like the perfect non-answer storm. Like it's it's just a. <laughs> it contrasts that to how cheery he was on that first day with an in-person presser again. Oh, because he to start hit, off camp. Him oh, and Taylor the vibes Lu- were so good. Him and Taylor Lewan are exactly the same in this. They hold court up there. They like doing a stand-up act. <laughs> so you put him on Zoom, and immediately he's miserable. So. <laughs> But like, if if only, and we, you know, I don't take screenshots of the chat because that's like a, that's like if I was to screenshot a text message, uh, a like a text message and send it out like between all of the media and Vrabel because Vrabel's just in there dunking on us in the chat while he's not answering questions. It is, uh, it should probably irritate me or frustrate me more than it actually does. I just think it's a damn funny at this point. There now, there was some good context that he gave about the competition at right tackle. And about Derrick Henry being voted the fourth best player in all of the NFL by the NFL's top 100. I believe it came out on Saturday that Derrick was going to be number four. So we'll we'll get to those later on. We'll do winners and losers of the football weekend if you if you want to. Uh, we'll also play a bit from Mike Vrabel yesterday because he just he was he was much more diplomatic today than he was yesterday because yesterday. He had uh, he had Ben Arthur of, of the Tennessee on straight up on skates. So we'll get to that coming up next. Don't forget that we will also be joined by Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone.